1: welcome to the worst girl gang ever we are proudly sponsored by peanut the app that helps you meet like-minded women who are trying to conceive it provides a safe space for women to build friendships ask questions and find support
0: peanut introduces you to women nearby who are at a similar stage in their journey they provide access to a community who are there to listen share information and offer valuable
1: advice whether it's learning more about issues that affect fertility or support following pregnancy loss and miscarriage peanut is a place to connect with women who understand here at the worst girl gang ever we strive to open up the dialogue surrounding
0: miscarriage and pregnancy loss peanut shares this ethos and we recommend downloading their app for more
1: advice information and support you can download their app for free all you need to do is head to peanut.app.link forward Because we always do this, we chat, we'd say loads of good stuff and then we realise we haven't been recording. No, and then we try and say it again, but it sounds manufactured and fake and <laughs> mm-hmm, blah, blah. So Kat,
0: you're pretty well versed with telling your story, aren't you?
2: Kind of, yeah, yeah. Like I it gets to the point where I almost apologise for saying it kind of so mm. blasé. Do you know what I mean? And like, I, you know, like it's kind of seven years and this, that, and that and that and the other and then obviously it was a whole lot more than that yeah
0: (laughs) exactly the same aren't i bex No, yeah that happened that happened then there were like three others and then (laughs) yeah at the time it's not like that though is it yeah i know not at all no no not
2: whatsoever
0: it's quite nice to it feels good to sort of compartmentalize it as that was the shitty time um and it would not affect me as much i think by putting it in that box that's a way of coping with it but
1: yeah. Can you still, though, even because I haven't had obviously the multiple losses that you guys have had. Can you have you compartmentalized it to such a degree that you can't get back in the emotion or will you always be able to feel like you felt at that time?
0: When I wrote my book, I found myself sobbing as I was typing. Do
1: you sometimes feel completely absorbed by it again and, and in pain? As I
2: don't so much with the first two um I think when I read other people's experience sometimes you can be kind of taken back there very easily um but with the where we lost the twin I still feel like I'm living that you know at the moment so because there'll be times you know like this afternoon for some unknown reason it might just come up in my mind and hit me and so that yeah that's something I'm still dealing with kind of day-to-day I would say
0: yeah I guess you've got that constant
2: reminder we'll do forever well yeah yeah exactly and thinking about going and like whether or not we're going to try for um a sibling for ren you know all of that is like if only the twin had stuck around Mm -hmm. you know because we probably would have called it a day then and counted ourselves like i count myself incredibly lucky as we are but yeah yeah i have to say step out of it personally yeah.
0: yeah i have to say since we've been trying again um those feelings have started creeping back in again just the the dread of going through it all again.
1: Is that do you think that's enough to put you off that dread and that fear of experiencing multiple miscarriages again? Is that it's
2: certainly a factor, I would say. You yeah, know? and like, do we want to put ourselves through that again? And you do, and I don't know whether it's because we're particularly immersed in you know this whole community, which you know, is amazing on so many levels, but also means that we know too much. Yeah. And, and you know, I sit there and literally list, you know, but this could go wrong and that could go wrong and this could go wrong. And as much as I might be able to put an early miscarriage to bed, you know, relatively quickly because I've been in that situation before and I would, I know that I would probably go into any potential, you know, well, the one frozen that we've got, go into that round with the mind that, that might happen I think the idea of experiencing something different for example termination for medical reasons or a late miscarriage stillbirth I think why would I want to bring that untold pain on our family Mm. when right now we're pretty goddamn happy yeah Mm -hmm. so I think that's how it impacts and that's why one of the reasons you know it's not just that but it's one of the reasons we potentially could walk away from that frozen
1: yeah it's hard isn't it because I've certainly found similar in starting the worst girl gang it's been so amazing in so many ways but at the same time it has kind of made me think I was so naive to any problems that could happen with fertility well not so much fertility but with once you've seen the positive pregnancy test what might come next and now we've spoken to so many amazing women who've had so many different problems that you just think how is anyone ever conceived and how is any, any child ever born because there is so such a big scope for going wrong and as you say I've got three kids and we are desperate for for a number number four but at the same time am I crazy for wanting something that I already have and risking The possibility of something going wrong but i don't know how you how you how you process that and and make a decision on on what you do
0: no i think it's easy when a medical professional turns around and says to you it's too dangerous to continue for example i have a friend who's had numerous ectopics after her first child and it got to a point where it was just not safe anymore um and you know she was having to consider does she want her daughter to grow up without a mum because it, it was getting that yeah. that serious. So I mean that was tough for her to, to stop trying, but I think having someone else tell you takes that sort of that guilt away from making that decision yourself. But yeah, it's really tough to stop. We were close once. I'm so mm. glad we didn't, but it's each each person is on their own journey and makes their own decisions for
1: different reasons, don't they? Absolutely. And so yeah. Kat, can you tell us about tell us your journey?
2: Yeah, I will. I'm
1: just going to say one thing, just because of what
2: you said a minute ago there, Bex, um, for anyone listening, like what we do need to remember is that we are so concentrated in this community, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we do hear so much and and pretty much everyone, you could reach out and, well, not reach out and touch anyone at the moment, but you know (laughs) what I mean, so to speak. Um, And yeah, exactly. Uh, Chance would be a fine thing, but, um, you know, you could anyone that you follow on Instagram or, you know, you could pick anyone and they've experienced something, but when you open it out into the wider world, that isn't necessarily the case or not, not with such kind of frequency or, you know, you know, so, so we just like, I just don't want people to think, oh, well, that's inevitable. That's going to happen to me. You know, we are a very special community Mm -hmm. and, and, and we're together because of that, but that doesn't mean that everything that's happening to other people it's necessarily going to happen to us
1: sure sure um, good advice
2: but um, but yeah so going back to what did happen to me um <laughs> <laughs> uh it's so in 2012 and I'm going to go through this quite quickly but as we talked about just in the moments before we started recording um you know you, I do feel bad sometimes because I I almost sound blasé when I talk about this but obviously the impact of this and when I was actually going through it at the time was was beyond comprehension exactly mm. um, but we started trying to conceive in 2012 shortly after we got married and um, nothing happened we got referred we went to the doctor about a year in and we got referred and did lots of tests um, just kind of in the local area and then we got referred to a fertility clinic with unexplained infertility we did three rounds of IUI so interuterine insemination
1: was this, did you have to pay, did you go privately or were you referred to No, this to was NHS. NHS yes. oh, okay, so This was NHS, but we only got
2: one round of NHS. and right. They were doing a trial with the IUI um, and I wasn't ready for IVF, you know, like okay. I come from a big family, everyone's got kids. I was like mentally and emotionally wasn't ready for it.
0: Can you um, explain what IUI is? Everybody yeah, so
2: essentially like, I don't, does anyone know what a turkey baster is? But, you know, you say it, you just, I've never really, I probably have seen one, but anyway, but like they get the sperm and they put it in you at the right time when you're ovulating Um, because they've been scanning you. And I think I did medicated I'm pretty sure it feels like a long time ago now um so they, they they you have lots of scans and things so they know exactly when you're ovulating and I think I was medicated and then they put the sperm in you at the right time so it gives like the optimum chance of it happening so to speak naturally so it's yeah. literally
1: just like a uh, you're awake and then it's a quick squirt Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like sex. (laughs) They find the way less stressful, (laughs) a little bit faster. No,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, like they kind of they get it in the right place in you, and then yeah exactly okay so um there's not a lot of satisfaction going no. on no I'll be
1: honest <laughs> no, no orgasms
2: then no <laughs> oh, that would have made it for you should have Either pretended way, really. <laughs> oh my god how awkward can you that imagine been? <laughs> stop it <laughs> sorry oh wait oh, oh, no I don't want to do it again but I Are almost. did. you allowed to have sex
0: at the same time like in that cycle
2: what oh. during
1: the process no not at the same, same time oh, I think that's frowned upon
0: we're
2: going into the awkward, gutter girls voyeurism <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um so going? no you're not because there's a risk that you might get pregnant
0: right okay they didn't
2: work but they gave me an opportunity to get my head in the fertility treatment so it was almost for me because we were told that they weren't like it does work sometimes but we were told that the chances are pretty slim uh and but it gave me the chance I think to get mentally mm-hmm. into the idea of IVF the yeah. clinical side of things I guess you signed yeah. up for it.
1: the process yeah
2: Exactly. And then we had our first round of IVF and I I was like, yeah, this is going to happen. You know, we didn't get pregnant before, but IVF works. Um, and it, it did, which was amazing um but we went in for an early scan and um and we found out that the embryo had never really developed to be honest it had implanted but it hadn't got any further than that so Mm. I don't know what analogy to use I was just totally flawed basically by Mm. it I was not expecting it it was it was horrendous and I don't think I felt like at the time and I wasn't immersed in the Instagram at, in the Instagram in Instagram or the community at that point, but mm. I did kind of feel like I was the first person that this had happened to in that yeah. hospital, which clearly isn't the case. But I felt like they didn't know what to do with us almost. They did right. give us a private room, which was great. Um, was and was it they purple just, or lilac? It lilac, it wasn't, to be like, oh, although wow. purple, see, when fast forwarding like seven years, the ward that I was in. For to give birth to Ren was purple. It's lilac. Yeah. It's supposed to be calming. Yeah. Oh, really? I found it incredibly oppressive. Oh, bright was it was purple. But that's yeah. a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In fact, it was one of the
0: feedbacks that I gave
2: you should paint that (laughs) wall it was so bad yeah it was really really that bad Um, so did your
0: friends and family know that you were
2: having IVF they did yeah we were pretty open about it I didn't tell work because I
1: work was you know separate and I quite liked that so at the point where you had your early scan what sort of how many weeks were you at that point We are about six or seven weeks. So you'd had a positive pregnancy test, what, just a home pregnancy test that was... No, we'd done um, a beta
2: test at the hospital, but we hadn't done another one, which I know now, you know, kind of you you can see the results kind of increasing at a certain rate.
1: Or not. and um, because you'd had that positive you just assumed that you would then have a baby right job done yeah totally I, like I said
2: IVF work so which it does for some people yeah don't get me wrong you know first time as well but yeah it didn't even cross my mind that that might be an issue okay yeah. and so that
1: was 2013 just that was 2000.
2: Fifteen, They should have been born. Fifteen, yeah. okay. So my first round was 2014 and I miscarried over that Christmas. And
0: um, Oh, that sucks it in it itself, it. doesn't it?
2: Well, the best thing was, you know, because if you're going to do it, um, the following year on exactly the same date, which is the 23rd of December, uh, I found out I was miscarrying again. So nice. Christmas was a barrel of laughs.
0: <laughs> oh. I've always um, had an issue with Christmas you know just, what i was it's just focused around family isn't it and it's just a well, constant reminder every year you think next year will be my year we'll yeah. have a little baby next year I'm gonna buy a cute little outfit and it's gonna be on the Christmas cards and and mm. every year it's just another baby pops up in the family and you're still the one left there just Getting drunk on your prosecco in the corner. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean FYI, that's me every Christmas, babies or no babies, just sitting <laughs> anyway, in the corner. And now <laughs> I'm a happy drunk. bar humbug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting quietly suzzled at breakfast time. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) because it's the only day that it's appropriate right i'm there (laughs) (laughs) so that was so gosh 23rd of december two years in a row and that was another your another round of ivf yeah ended in miscarriage
2: between them we'd done two frozen transfers so kind of the summer after the first miscarriage we did two frozen transfers which hadn't done hadn't worked and then i had realized really that i was unraveling completely so i ended up going off sick from work in the september and i Essentially, didn't go back. And then we went in for our second fresh round of IVF, where I got pregnant again. Although, for this one, we did know from the beginning that it wasn't necessarily a viable pregnancy because our uh, beta test, we knew the number and it was low. And, you know, we kind of had regular regular test and regular scans with that we were at a different clinic that was a private one that's so, a, bit yeah, of a horrible we, time we, isn't it we when we you pretty f-
0: much knew that you know from early well you, you have that positive test you're told we're not really sure you have to go back week after week after week wondering is it going to take is it not it's um yeah shit place to be in
2: yeah it is i do remember like vividly they're scat- like, and then the the amount of money we spent on that, like tens of thousand, like twenty five thousand, is is the, is the is top Number. line figure. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> on that one round, really. On and part of this, you know, they they couldn't tell you, but I think we all knew, really, at this point. But I remember lying legs akimbo, and the doctor saying, I, I can't tell you if you're going to miscarry this baby or not." And like this is several, you know, this we're days and days and days in. We've had a lot of scans, a lot of blood tests. And I remember just being like, I just need to like an end to this incessant scanning and testing and maybe 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 um and that that was yeah that was really really
1: and were you at any point given a diagnosis as to why it wasn't happening naturally it was unexplained infertility. unexplained all the way through it's been unexplained yeah oh yeah although i know
2: people who have got answers and they still don't get much further necessarily you know it just so what happened after that so after that, so for that miscarriage, I, and I didn't know about this at the time, which is why I'm always quite keen to talk about it. So for the first time they said, go away, come back after Christmas. Unfortunately it was Christmas both times. It might've been slightly different had it not been over that time. Come back up, stop all your meds, come back after Christmas and we'll see where you are. We'll give you a scan and we'll work out what we're going to do. I ended up in hospital between Christmas and new year I'm kind of grateful that I knew I was miscarrying because it was scary enough anyway if I hadn't known I was miscarrying Mm. it would have just been awful but I started vomiting I had diarrhea I was just in bits and my husband had to drive me to and we'd only moved kind of a couple of weeks before so had to go to the hospital um, and I ended up being admitted and it turns out I was miscarrying kind of naturally So the second time I was very specific. I was like, I am not going through that again. Even though I have an idea what to expect now, I want this medically managed. So I carried on taking my medication Mm -hmm. so that my body thought I was pregnant. And then after New Year, that's when I went in and I had. I know they don't call it a and C anymore, but I've never actually. got I think it's an
1: MVA. I've seen an MVA. Those letters chucked around. Oh, I thought what it was, was, was a like surgical you? management okay. of miscarriage. Oh yeah, we all know
2: what we're talking about, don't we? Yeah. So yeah, so I had one of those. But other than that, I was I was broken. We were both broken. Um I like something that I say regularly. Like I open my wardrobe, which sounds kind of where are you going with this, but. I'd put on weight. I didn't work in an office anymore. I wasn't a mum. I just had no identity and I looked at my wardrobe yeah. and I didn't fit anything. I didn't know what I wanted to wear, like what was relevant. I just, I just had no identity. Mm. And so I had to really build myself up like from the ground up really. Yeah. And how point.
1: did you start to do that? Did you, was it that point you started to look for other people for help?
2: Um, weirdly, no, not at that point. I had a, friend who was a couple of years ahead of me with all the fertility stuff. So I did always have someone to talk about and heartbreakingly for her, you know, she had had miscarriages. She had had a really, really quite horrendous ectopic pregnancy. And, you know, so so I kind of, we were able to talk, but I didn't find the Instagram community until 2018. So much later. But the way I started to build myself up, what well, the first thing I did, you know, was um, I signed up to a life drawing class.
0: Really? Because, yeah. to well, see some todgers?
2: Just, well, pretty much. Okay, <laughs> you've got my number. No. <laughs> no. No, was it no, not, unfortunately okay. not, that wasn't. Yeah. It was, I had, so, so I have got an arts degree and, uh, you know, I, I have done it over the years. Um And I remembered going to a life drawing class with my then, now husband, but years like when we met. And I remember it being just like, true mindfulness oh really you know like I didn't think of anything else I was just you didn't giggle drawing. at all not even once no I kind <laughs> of I kind of take it a bit more <laughs> oh dear more okay we shouldn't do life drawings well, fine,
1: fine fine <laughs> cool I, ah, I will. not put me in a Hindu situation <laughs> I could <can laughs> laugh, uh, like, show us your <laughs> <I> mean, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but in that situation it's a little bit no better, it's right quite probably. highbrow it? Um yeah absolutely it's the only highbrow thing I might do um but yeah I just I just get lost in it I really do and like I know other people won't be able to see it but this is one of my drawings here on my wall actually Um, very nice and like some weeks I felt talented which was good you know that's what I needed Mm. I needed to remember who I was and what made me happy I just needed to escape from everything I needed to have the chats with like the 10 other retirees who were there because Mm. that's who I was doing it on a Thursday morning yeah or it was all day a Thursday actually and it just it just started that ball rolling with with kind of refinding myself
1: So did you find that it was the life drawing was, do you think it's important that that was an inward thing that was about something almost to do with your soul rather than the outward how you are to everyone else? I've never really
2: thought about it like that, but I guess so. It was about, yeah, well... What I wanted to do was rebuild my inner confidence, I guess, in some ways. And what what came out of that then was I ended up getting just a part time job in a local shop that I like quite near me, which got me out. And like it wasn't a busy shop, but it was, you know, it meant that I was going somewhere and had a bit of a purpose. And then I started walking there which meant that I started losing a bit of weight. And, you know, I ended up getting like really back into the gym, which is something that Mm. I've always loved. And I had this whole kind of strong, not skinny mentality. And I wanted to, even though I wanted to lose weight, it just, it wasn't about the losing weight necessarily. I wanted to, my body to do something, to do something actually that it could do and, 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 and make it strong in, a way even though it wasn't being strong in in the reproductive yeah. way you know um so it was it was a complete transformation i guess kind of And how did you know. that
1: change your frame of mind
2: What we decided to do was we were going to take a year out just to mm. kind of work on our relationship work on ourselves most importantly and refine our own happy um we've been doing it for a few years at that point and there was a definite prospect yeah. that we weren't going to have children. And we wanted to make sure, like not not as in test, but we wanted to, I guess, lay, start laying the foundations for the idea that actually we might be a childless okay. couple. So I think that was what that year was about. And did really. you find
1: that it, you really did manage to strengthen the foundation of your relationship?
2: Yeah. That's like, brilliant, through, isn't throughout it? Throughout all of this, like we just know each other they're so much better yeah Um, you know we've been through the worst times but I think that you know we've learned a lot about each other the fact that we've got through it I think is a testament to both of us absolutely um, and our relationship not that there's you know kind of that's no shade on people who don't make it through like gosh you know it's just it's the worst isn't it but yeah we 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 definitely are stronger because of everything that we've been through yeah that's
1: really good and so you took did you take that full year
2: off we actually took about 18 months okay off, so it wasn't until the following august so that was start of the new year um so where are we now we're 2016 january um, and we didn't go back to the doctors until the August of 2017. Okay, At which point we learned that we were, we were able to get another NHS right. round. And we did that round, but it didn't work. So I was surrounded by an amazing community of people and my friends and family were there. My work knew at this point that I was having treatment. And then I got a big fat negative and it was like, whoa. Was it worse? <laughs> because every time it was... What because I because everyone was there. I don't, I don't think that's what made it worse. What made it worse was the shock because the last two times I'd had fresh IVF. I'd got pregnant even though I'd miscarried mm. I just was so confident that I was going to get pregnant and I was just in complete and utter shock the negative so world. this is just... kind of like
1: takes you down before you've even started to... mm. yeah that must be
2: and I'm a couple of years older at this mm. point and I'm thinking gosh have we missed the opportunity yeah. um, we'd said three rounds and we were out and that was our third round and you know we'd done the IUI and the frozen transfers in between as well so it was yeah that uh, there was a lot riding on that round really um and it was a total shocker when it didn't work yeah
0: but you didn't give up that wasn't the end I knew immediately
2: that I couldn't give up hope you know so many people say you know how do you keep hope and I just if you think that it could work like the hope is there that's when you do it I think when you stop hoping and you lose all hope that's kind of when you need to have a conversation with yourself about whether or not you are going to carry on or want to carry on um and I just wasn't ready to stop by the, plus the you were in a good place
0: it, like you you'd taken that 18 yeah. months out you'd worked on yourself your relationship if you'd have done that third round without taking that time out you might have given up then but Because you'd focused on yourselves, that's probably why you had the energy and the positivity Mm. to continue on.
2: Yeah, yeah, I just, I just, I just couldn't stop. You know, I was 39, but we and my husband took a little bit longer to come round. Only about a week or so, and he was just like, "Yeah, do you know what? Like, I'm not ready to stop either." We did have the conversation that that was going to be the last one, and actually, I think we both agreed that it was definitely going to be the last one. But yeah, we went to a gynaecologist, a private gynaecologist that my aunt knew, and had been saying to me for two years come and see this man come and see him him. went to see him really liked him he and I'm paraphrasing said one more round and you're out uh, with your own eggs because I was going to be 40 that September and we just both really liked him and his honesty and his kind of straightforwardness and we thought yeah Okay, one for luck. And, and and we got pregnant. It was lucky. <laughs> which was amazing. It was very, very lucky. So yeah, so over I had my two week wait over my fortieth birthday, but we got two five day plasticists. We froze one and transferred one. And then and then the anxiety started. Yeah. The two week wait was probably one of my favourite two week waits in some ways, but I'd had lots of stuff in you know, and just with my family and friends. It was a mm. very sober birthday, obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then at the end of those two weeks, we got the call. And I was like, I just want to have a blood test. And um, so we drove down and had a blood test and then sat and watched Sex and the City all day um, because I just needed to take my mind off with, mm. you know, it with something. Trashy. Nostalgic and, yeah. yeah, exactly. Who doesn't like a little bit of SJP? And then we got the call they were pregnant, which was like really, really, really amazing. But then very quickly you crash into anxiety and fear. And I said, we want to come back for another one. And it was after that second test. That we kind of told people. I think we told my family or our families, you know, after yeah. the first day, but we didn't kind of share it wider than that until after we'd had the, the results from the second one and we knew that it was doubling
0: well. Were you sharing um, this on Instagram at that point?
2: I didn't share as much. So the uh-huh. round before, I did share quite a lot um how many eggs that we'd got and that kind All of right. thing. This round, People knew it was going on, and I kind of sort of jumped on every now and again on my stories and told people retrospectively what had happened oh, over okay. the last few days. Yeah. But I wasn't documenting it like mm-hmm. I had been previously. I think I'd had a bit of burnout with the whole Instagram thing over the summer also contributed to the fact that I was put on microgynin, which even though I took it for 10 years when I was younger absolutely turned me into a monster like after two weeks I had to come off it I just refused and yeah lots going on I guess the pressure of this being our last round yeah I had just had a bit of burnout with Instagram and had kind of taken a week off and just so I just wasn't I kind of did I did what I wanted to to stay in touch with the people because you just you care about all these people that all yeah. you know kind of yeah. they become friends don't they these strangers mm. on the internet so and, and I wanted to share and I wanted to document it but just not in as much detail as I had before
1: so after you got your positive what happened then and you how did the anxiety manifest itself It manifested itself in me calling
2: the early pregnancy unit about five weeks crying and saying you've got to see me for a scan basically um probably actually maybe we were into six weeks at that point because I just couldn't wait to seven weeks for my clinic scan um and I had both my miscarriages there and they were wonderful and said come in and so we did go in for the scan we had a pregnancy test before we went in which was positive you know few and although that you know doesn't necessarily mean it's there's going to be anything there i was crying getting onto the table i really was the scan table and you know we told everyone our situation because that's kind of what i do yeah. <laughs> um and and they scanned me and they said and 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 like i said in all of my scans you know tell me there's a heartbeat and then do whatever you need to do you know i just i just need to know that and they said oh yeah look here we've got a heartbeat which was the first time we had ever had a heartbeat and then wow. they said oh look you've got another heartbeat <gasps> and we were like fuck sorry am i allowed to say that yeah <laughs> yeah we we'll had to
1: tick the explicit box now but fuck it <laughs> well Emperor penny um
2: and yeah it's uh yeah yeah it was a shocker like especially cuz we'd only had one embryo transfer yeah so and and it's like it's an amazing shock do not get me mm. wrong but it's a we're going to need a bigger car we're going to need a bigger house how are we going to fit two cots in how are we going to fit mm-hmm. two car seats how much is this going to cost us you know like your mind just goes mm-hmm. wild you know like i was floored earlier with the miscarriage we were floored by this i yeah. think and we just needed to just give ourselves that bit of space together mm. um with us being the only ones who knew so mm, yeah wow then we did tell my family and I remember um I remember it so well because I told my dad I think I must have seen my dad because I you know this kind of thing you sort of want to do face to face and shown him the 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 um, video of the the scans of the two heartbeats um but then I was at one of my other sister's baby showers because you know they're still reproducing through all of this um (laughs) regularly um and at the end of it Uh, because obviously I wasn't going to, you know, steal her thunder. Um, But at the end of it, when everyone had gone, I got my sisters and my mum around and um, showed them, showed them the scan, you know, the video of the two heartbeats. And they were just elated. Mm. It was, it was an amazing moment. And I was talking to someone just recently about it. And, you know, I always say um, about enjoying your pregnancy, because if it ended tomorrow, you know, you can't take away, you know, the bits that you've had with those Mm. little ones or with that little one. And, and it was really, that really kind of was a bit of a light bulb moment when I was sharing that and, and saying that, you know, that, that is one of my favorite moments with my family ultimately, Mm. even though we lost one of the twins and had we lost both of them, I don't know that I would be looking back at it with the same fondness in Mm. some ways, but I actually, I think I would be, um, I think it was an incredible moment that can't be taken away from I me, you. I think recently know? you
1: posted something on Instagram that said something like, repeat after me, today I am pregnant or something like that. Mm. And that really hit home for me because it, it is, despite the fact that that does ultimately end for a lot of us, it is still something that's happened. And I don't want to look back at the very, very early days of my pregnancy when I felt so connected with this tiny little being with anything other than love and fondness. But I think it is easy to forget about all that when you experience such trauma and misery so quickly. Yeah,
2: I agree. Like, I'm really glad that it kind of, it did that for you, you know, and one of my favourite responses I had to that was someone telling me how um, during their two-week wait, they went to um like a food market a farmers market and other bits and pieces and they acted like they were pregnant and they couldn't eat those cheeses and they mm. and and it was their time with their embryo and unfortunately you know it didn't take but for those 2 weeks they were pregnant and they acted mm. like they were pregnant and they had that time together and
0: yeah i have definitely. to say that i was complete the complete opposite and i didn't enjoy hardly a single minute of my pregnancy with bertie but having said that because I didn't enjoy it and I think it was because it was like a self-defense mechanism I'm not invested in this because it's going to fail um if I ever have the chance to be pregnant again I'm you know going in full throttle I'm going to embrace it all because I have real regrets about not not embracing it before yeah but, but there was nothing I could do about that it was just just the way I coped that's with interesting it. there's no right or wrong way to do anything yeah. is there you Yeah
1: do what's right at the time do what you feel comfortable with at the time
0: so kat can you tell us about the work you're doing at the moment with people who are pregnant after loss absolutely
2: i'd love to so when i was pregnant um loads of people came to me and said like where's the support for this bit of my fertility journey really like you've just said there laura you know you you were really anxious, you didn't enjoy any of it. And and we need that support, we need that continued support, and it doesn't really exist. And so I created the podcast, the Finally Pregnant podcast, in the last six weeks of my pregnancy, didn't know what I was doing, but had an amazing kind of few people around me who, who had podcasts and kind of shared all their knowledge. And the response has been really, really positive. Um, and then when I was on maternity leave i came up with the idea that really we needed more than just a podcast and instagram's incredible it really is but still you people feel guilty for posting things on there when they get pregnant because a yeah. lot of their community is still trying to conceive and and that means you can't complain about you know like any aches and pains or about being anxious or anything and also you can't celebrate um and so I created um the hangout which is a community specifically for people who were finally pregnant and parenting after infertility and loss so that there is somewhere where you can celebrate and you can complain and you can feel all of the normal feelings that you're feeling and and not worry about upsetting other people um and also within that. So it's a membership and you also get access to three support groups a month. So there's one that I have a speaker and um, talk about kind of specialist area, which could be anything from nutrition to something that I've recently come across called um, elimination communication, which is about potty training and that kind of oh, thing interesting. to weaning to um, midwifery,
1: like all different. So things. it's parenting as um, well as um, It is parenting as well. Yeah, yeah, as well as kind of pregnancy support.
2: Yeah, because I think it does and I, I know from other people that it does impact our parenting, you know, um, and also a lot of people and they're just starting. Well, I'm one of them, I guess, but, you know, they're thinking about trying for a second. Mm-hmm. And so they're juggling that whole do I, don't I, you know, how does it impact my little one um, and that side of the parenting things, which normal people kind of, you know, or normal reproductive yeah. situations don't don't necessarily have that. Yeah. Um,
0: I think it's and, a and wonderful
2: the other, idea. And the other two support groups, one is for specifically for people who are finally pregnant and one is specifically for those who are at the parenting stage, although anyone can jump into anything, you know, really, mm. because the whole point of all of this, Instagram, you know, the trying to conceive community, the work that I do on that with Kat and Alice, um, the finally pregnant stuff, you know, it's all about knowing that we're not alone.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. 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 And talk us through how you met Alice.
2: she'll always be the um the the rhubarb dancing girl because she was dancing on instagram with some rhubarbs it was very random
1: i was watching her dance this morning
2: it was hilarious (laughs) honestly it makes me feel so awkward and i love it all the time (laughs) i'm
1: (laughs) gonna look it up later you need to actually you could be the
0: dancer I'm,
1: hap- I'm so happy to be a rhubarb tomorrow morning so, i'm definitely getting it from Bex. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: um so we were doing you know our own things on instagram and supporting people and then alice did an event um more of a kind of coachy feel to it like she's she's just amazing and supportive and just incredible um and then i had been doing my monday night insta lives which i did for about a year uh and One of the things I did within that is I I had this whole every story matters um, concept where I wanted to, and I'm still doing it now on my Instagram, but more finally pregnant and parenting is I want to share people's stories. I want people to share their stories, I guess. Um, And it's yeah. And so I did an event, a panel event about that. And then we got together that Christmas. And we were kind of like, we need a full day, you know, like we had Stylist Live in our heads, Mm. but we need a full, fun, amazing day for people who are trying to conceive. Mm. And one of the things that I always talk about when I talk about my trying to conceive years is I never felt relevant. I didn't, I wasn't in the bars that some of my friends were because I w- wasn't drinking or I didn't have the money because I was spending it all on treatment. Mm. I wasn't at home or at the playgroups or that kind of thing with my friends who had babies because I didn't have a baby. I never felt relevant and yeah. Yeah. and I never had anywhere to go to dress up or do fun things and, and, and then the community and talking and all of that kind of stuff. And so we um, put on our first Live Your Life Day um which sold out in six hours we couldn't believe it on new year's eve we were like oh how many paydays people oh, will need a little amazing. bit of time <laughs> to build up after christmas you know and they and sold doesn't out in that six just hours.
1: shows i mean it just shows that there is such a hugely important space yeah, yeah. that needs to be filled by all of this stuff i think that's exactly brilliant exactly and it was just
2: the most phenomenal day and we did another one in the august um which again we it was a little bit bigger but we would always cap them to be honest because you want to know that you're not alone and you want that whole community and kind of normal feeling because you're in a room with loads of other people but you don't want it to get too big necessarily I get that was the feedback that we had got you know there needs to be a certain level of of intimacy um and then we had a night out at Christmas and then but then we had to cancel some stuff since
0: yeah thanks Corona bastard
2: <laughs> yeah exactly um and and so yeah so we're, we're doing some work we've got some stuff going on in the background oh. um but at the moment we are focusing more so on on our own stuff which actually is amazing because Alice covers the trying to conceive years like so amazingly mm-hmm. and then I look after people I always like to think kind of when they get pregnant although my doors are always mm. open for people who
1: are trying as well obviously amazing and how old is your little one now she's just over 15 months I thought you're gonna say just over 15 then I was like <laughs> what I haven't oh, yeah, I've been doing this a while <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> oh when was she born what month June. Oh, uh, my youngest was uh, july the 11th ah okay, okay. 2019 oh, yeah it's a very special year yeah um, definitely yeah oh well thank you so so much for coming on it's been amazing to have you here it and to chat you. with you about everything it's been been wonderful talking
2: to you girls too well done on everything you're doing and your podcast has just gone like it's amazing and again like you say it's just it's so needed isn't it like there's so much room for all of this and yeah because if you think of how many people like infertility affects 3.5 million people in the UK but I know you know on Instagram there aren't that many people on there, you know, so there's just no. a whole wider world of people that aren't talking. Yeah. Know, um, yeah. And the more stuff there is, the more likely it is that it's going to reach them as well as yeah. know, us who are kind of
1: in it. The feedback that we get, even if we just got one post saying, thank you so much, it would be worth it for me. That was my original aim when I wrote, the article for the metro that I started off with was just to help one person feel less alone because I felt so isolated and the fact now that we're getting like five messages a day probably saying thank you so much it's you know I I feel comforted it's just Mm -hmm. incredible that's enough of a you know just puts a fire in your belly it does it does and
2: also it's educational as well because i was listening to your episode uh, where the sonographer was talking about the yeah. um changes and that Emma. was fascinating absolutely mm. and and how you know these new guidelines are in place and what we can expect as patients and also for medical professionals to be listening to it and understand it from our point of view as well mm. so um yeah no, you're so much more work. to
1: be done they really it's exciting is. to be a part of definitely yeah, mm, yeah for sure, for sure. Cool, wow. well, thank you so much, and good luck with all your future endeavors. Thank um, you very much. Hopefully, we will see you at your next live your life. Word. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yes,
2: <laughs> we might even dance. You never know. <laughs> oh, I'll bring the rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> see you there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Take care. Take Bye. care. Bye. 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 Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week.